This is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan along with Sierra Doctor. We'll also hear a report from Whitney Pittman as well. CHS Ag Services is hosting its annual meeting today in Grand Forks. The co-op serves Northeast North Dakota, Northwest Minnesota, and finished the 2022 fiscal year with record income of $22 million. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Don Wick is at the meeting and has more from CHS leadership. CHS President and CEO Jay Deberton remains optimistic about agriculture. Global demand remains strong while supplies are impacted globally by the war in Ukraine and the drought in Argentina. At the domestic level, renewable diesel and the expansion of the soybean crush is changing the game. We asked Deberton how CHS is responding to this activity. We're investing in that in, in that industry. We're expanding plants that we own. We are looking at uh, at, at building a greenfield plant, um, but we're also just you know we we also know that this um, this 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 business could change with legislation that changes it. So so it it it, it is something that we we're, we try to be careful in, but we also frankly we're leaning into it um, because we just think that these opportunities are here, um, and 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 we understand that there's risk that comes with it, but but we think that there's a prudent way for us to participate um, without getting too far over our skis. You talked as well about the, the energy sector, including some investments being made here, uh, right here in this Grand Forks area. That's right. Um, we invested, uh, well, we, frankly, we, we bought a terminal uh, here in Grand Forks that had been shut down by the United States government. We bought it to bring it back into service to help our supply during surge times in the spring and in the fall, and it's really worked out well, allowed us to be um, really dependable supplier because it was it was a difficult supply point when really things got tight and harvest came at us very fast or planting came at us very fast uh, and uh, it's really just helped our su supply position but it's just one more example of how CHS is investing in this country. Deberton said agriculture is in a better position today than other industries to address the supply chain issues but those challenges have not gone away. Reporting from the CHS Ag Services Annual Meeting in Grand Forks, I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services applied a record amount of fertilizer this past fall. General Manager Ryan Anderson says that is setting up the company well for spring. We did have a record fall, uh, which is which obviously is is huge for us going into spring. Um, but we've we've you know we've added some new plants. We've got a, a new one going up right now uh, near completion in Badger. Uh, it's a, over an 8,000 ton plant. That's that's replacing a 900 ton plant. So you know the math would tell you that we're we're adding storage. Um, so yeah, we're we're almost to the point where we can hold almost our spring needs before we even hit the field. CHS Ag Services was established 10 plus years ago with one shuttle rail facilities. Over the past five years, another three shuttle facilities were added to handle the speed of today's business. Anderson expects corn acreage to be up in the northern Red River Valley this year. You know, it, it's hard to be an expert uh, early March because it's going to depend on when we get in the field and, you know, Mother Nature uh, cooperates if we can get you know, some seeding done in April, and if we're going, you know, early May, I, I would think corn bags would be up versus last year. Our sales would sure tell us that today. You know, I think spring wheat uh, and soybeans will be relatively flat. Um, you know, sugar beets are going to be what they're going to be, but 
Uh, you know, the corn acre looks to be a little stronger, and maybe that takes a few spring wheat acres down. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman also on the road today. She has this report from Hillsboro. Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. We are at the Irie Insurance Spring Update meeting here in Hillsboro, North Dakota, and we are talking with Mike Kazette with Irie Insurance. Input costs impacting coverage options for 2023. Tell us a little bit about that and what are some of the things you're looking at there. We are talking about that. We've got several products that are trying to help us cover increasingly high input costs for fertilizers, for uh, diesel fuel, interest rates, all those sort of things. We have margin protection policies, which we sold a bunch of last fall. Uh, if a person didn't buy any of those, we have the SCO and the ECO products that uh, will cover up to 95% of your uh, expected revenue. Uh, those are something a person needs to look at. Uh, we are the 2nd of March here today. All of this needs to be done by the 15th of March. The good news is we are done with our February averages. Uh, we know what the prices are for our commodity guarantees. We'll sit down and show you some examples of, uh, of how that coverage works and how it, uh, put, it would potentially pay out with decreases in yield or increases and or decreases in price. So let us help you with that. And you talked about risk and how that's changed in the last few years. Talk about that and what prices have kind of done. I, I think everybody is a, is a little aware of that. If you're, if you're in agriculture, you saw the price of urea in uh, 2020 in the fall go up astronomically in 2021, 2022. Uh, into that spring uh, two to three times uh, as much and now it's tapered off a little bit this uh, this fall but we still have historically high inputs uh, trying to raise these crops we have good prices so we have good margin we need to protect that um, because we do have more risk because the input side is more expensive anything else that you want to remind producers of i think mostly the deadlines everybody knows that uh, it's spring and it's time to get this decision made so we can get our uh, equipment ready and get back into the uh, into the field and, and that sort of thing uh, but seriously take a good look at that get your uh, get to the fsa uh, Sign up for ARC or PLC, whichever you think there. If you're looking at the SCO product, make sure you take PLC at the FSA office on that particular crop because if you take ARC, that disqualifies you from taking the SCO product because those are both area-based and uh, uh, overlap. Get your stuff done before the 15th of March, both your crop insurance agent and FSA. All right, thank you so much for the time. Mike Gazette joining us here on the Red River Farm Network from the Irie Insurance Spring Update Meeting in Hillsboro. I'm Whitney Pittman. Minnesota Farmers Union President Gary Wordish attended the Communities in Action Building a Better Minnesota event at the White House yesterday. Wordish talked about the need to reinvest and maintain a resilient local regional food system that benefits farmers, consumers, and food system entrepreneurs. This is the Red River Farm Network. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Minnesota House Agriculture Finance and Policy Committee Chair Samantha Vang says committee work focused on soil health this week. Earlier this week, uh, we talked about uh, soil health and we cover crops uh, is uh, an important part of uh, making sure that our soil is covered and we avoid soil erosion and build healthy roots and bring back nutrition into the soil. We talked about forever green initiatives, which is growing in popularity, like Camelina, Wintercrest. 
Vang says there was a lot of support for soil health programs from farmers. Today, Vang says the focus is on expanding meat processing. During the pandemic, the state has invested in supporting and growing uh, small and moderate uh, meat processors. And now we're looking at bills at how we can continue to build a pipeline of workers within uh, that industry. So those are some of the things that we uh, are talking about this week. And uh, they are pretty popular and bills that a lot of the community wants to see more investments in. Senate Bill 2259 was heard this morning in the North Dakota House Agriculture Committee regarding auditing fees. North Dakota Stockman's Association Executive Vice President Julie Ellingson testified in support of this bill. Which ratches back the audit costs for commodity groups and also provides a reasonable inflator over time. Um, I know the Beef Commission saw some very dramatic increases in the fees beef industry observer. Um, I know the Beef Commission saw some very dramatic increases in the fees charges in, in its audit in just one year's time. Just to give you an example, in 2019 the cost was $5,186. The next year, in 2020, that bill was $16,800, so more than three times the cost little explanation. The concern, of course, is the dramatic shifts with little explanation of what the changes are make it difficult for commodity groups to plan. Another bill, SB 2100, revolved around meat processing license exemptions, which was also heard. ND Department of Agriculture Livestock Industries Director Dr. Andrea Grondahl says this bill, this bill revolves around protecting public health. Senate Bill 2100 would require licensure of meat processing businesses. Currently, the department only has the authority to register meat processing businesses. There is no licensing requirement. However, events in the past two years demonstrated that a registration requirement alone does not adequately protect the public. A registration requirement alone does not provide authority to suspend a meat processing plant from operating if they fail to meet facility or sanitation requirements. Corn Belt Marketing market analyst Sam Hudson is expecting USDA to begin ratcheting, uh, reducing its corn export number in next week's supply and demand report. The acreage numbers at the end of the month will be you know, way more influential but uh, in terms of providing a surprise. But I think the trade has to look at these numbers, you know, 13% behind on sales and, and you know, inspections haven't been really lighting it up either. Uh, I still think it'll look, you know, improve as we get into spring. You know, seasonally it should, but uh, you know, we're playing from so far behind here. It's hard to see how they won't keep, you know, notching down uh, those, you know, those corn exports in general. Maybe 50 to 100 million bushels here uh, before we even get into the field. And the outside markets also impacting the grains. Keep an eye on the dollar. We've had a pretty good run in there, but uh, you know, wouldn't be surprised to see a bit of a healthy correction. Uh, you know, long term though, I think that's going to be something that uh, you know we have to keep an eye on in terms of how competitive we are uh, as we get into the glut uh, of Brazil's crops. I think that's what the market's in search for at this point is a bid, uh, whether it be it in the cash market or paper in general. And we just haven't really seen a reason for it over the past couple weeks. Look for the wheat and soybean markets to gain on the corn market. Martinson Agris Management President Randy Martinson says wheat and soybeans will need to buy acres. Corn is kind of taking a back seat though and they're, they know they've got the acres. They don't have to go out and try to bid for any acres like wheat and, and soybeans do. And it's got some lackluster demand that's come popping in as well. And all that I think is kind of 
putting a little bit of a cloud or, or a, a ceiling above the corn market for right now. Wheat and soybeans, on the other hand, those two markets need to come out and try to buy some acres away from corn. And exports were okay for wheat and for soybeans this morning, but a little bit disappointing again for the corn market. And South American weather could still play a role for the corn market. Don't forget, you can find out more about Red River Farm Network radio affiliates, listen to this podcast, broadcast, and more on your phone. Bookmark rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. BASF's attempt to develop a hybrid wheat seed business in North America has been shut down. Project was officially launched in 2021 for the North American and European markets with a commercial release expected within the next few years. BASF says it will now move forward with its hybrid wheat project in Europe. BASF Central North Dakota Tech Service Representative Dan Mellis, this with spring says says with spring just around the corner, a good burn down program can help clean up fields before planting. Looking at our season ahead, I mean with all the snow we've got, we're probably going to have decent moisture. So a good spring burn-down program helps remove resistant weeds that start to emerge uh, in weeks after prior to planting or after planting and reduces seed bed competition for the soybean plant. So making sure we start out clean will give our soybean plants the best chance of getting up and going and helping them compete during the season against the weeds. Mella says reducing the seed bank of weeds is key to lowering water competition. I guess the main thing, just getting an early start, depending on what time of the season we get in the field, but weeds like Palmer amaranth and water hemp can drastically reduce yield potential by competing for vital early season resources, water, nutrients, all of that stuff. So uncontrolled weeds can contribute to the seed bank and increasing weed populations in the future. So if we can control those weeds early on with a good, uh, say, product like Zidua Pro where we've got a dock down with it along with some residual there, that really helps reduce the, the amount of early season competition we see. Checking markets before we leave you this afternoon. We're seeing uh, mostly green across the screen here, the exception being the corn market. Uh, May wheat, Minneapolis, 13 cents higher. Chicago's up three and a quarter. And Kansas City, May wheat's up nine and a half. May corn down two and a quarter cents at 633 and a half. December is unchanged at 569 and a quarter. May soybeans, 16 and a quarter cents higher at 1510 and a half. November, nine and a half cents higher at 1368 and a half. In Winnipeg, May canola, $6.80 a metric ton higher. April live cattle down $1.22. April feeders down $22. April hogs down $1.12. This is the Red River Farm Network.